So this morning I'm going to be talking about the gifts of the spirits. And um, it's a topic that makes some Christians nervous. Um, so don't, if you are nervous about this topic, don't be nervous. I'm sure there are other people nervous alongside with you. So let's, let's walk through it and, um, and ask that God will, will help us through it. So why don't we pray? Dear Heavenly Father, I pray that you help me this morning, Father. I pray that you give me the words to speak, Father God. That you soften our hearts to your word, Father. And that you change our minds and hearts to hear you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, this morning we're going to be reading in 1 Corinthians 12, 1 through 11. You can follow me along. And I think it's going to be on the screen as well. So if you didn't bring your Bible, don't feel too bad. <laughs> Just a little bit. All right, 1 Corinthians. Now, concerning the spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, you were led astray to mute idols. However, you were led... Therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking in the Spirit of God ever says Jesus is a curse. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except in the Holy Spirit. Now, there are variety of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it's the same God who empowers them all and everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For the one is given through the Spirit utterance, utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of the healing by the same Spirit, to another working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another the ability to distinguish between spirits to another various kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. All of these are empowered by the same Spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. So before I start, let me tell you a story of when Christina and I were, were dating. Um, I grew up Catholic, so all I knew was the Catholic Church. I knew you go to Mass, and you sit quietly, and when it's time for you to get up, you get up. When it's time for you to get on your knees, you get on your knees, and it's all in order, quiet, and then you leave, right? So that's all I knew growing up. That's, that's, that's how I did it. That's how my parents did it, their grandparents did it. That's how I was supposed to do it. But there was something in me that didn't quite understand why I couldn't just talk to God. Like, why couldn't I just say, hey, God, I'm feeling this kind of way, instead of going to the priest, right? I, I didn't understand why it had to be a, a mediator between me and God. So I came to the States, and I met Christina. And she said, hey, come to my church. I said, okay, sure. 
I'll go to the church. So then I came, and then people were singing, people were clapping. It's like, what's going on in here? This is not the order you're supposed to have. Dancing. It's like, all right. And then the flags came out. The ladies with the flags were doing the flags. I was like, all right, this is really weird. What, what in the world? What is she into, right? I didn't understand. I, I knew God. I felt like I knew God. But I was outside of the world. I didn't understand. And that's where sometimes we are. We just don't understand. So I want to bring clarity to it. So what are the spiritual gifts? As Wayne Gruden defines it, the spiritual gift is an ability that is empowered by the Holy Spirit and used in any ministry of the church. The gifts are given to us to build up the church. God gave us a verse in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 12. The human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the with the body of Christ. See, Paul gives us an analogy there about the human body, how it connects, how it relates, how do we, the hand, it connects to the other hand. You can't clap with one hand. It doesn't work, right? Like you can't take straight steps with only one leg. It doesn't work. It's hard to, to do things in your body, your physical body, when you have parts missing, when your eyes not working right, when your leg, when your hand, your ear, when, when the, the ears are not working. All these things help the body, the body of Christ. Remember, we're talking about the body of Christ, the analogy that Paul uses, how Every part of the church, every member, helps the body. So when all these parts are working perfectly, then the body works fine. You are, you are able to do things in a way that you, you, you can. But when it's not, when, when a, a member of the body is not working, then you're limping, then you're, you're, you have a disability, you're struggling to do things. So the church, the church it struggles. The church doesn't serve well. The church, the whole fullness of it is not quite there because you need all the parts of the body to work, right? God gave us that gift. God gave us all the members of the body so that we can depend on each other. So I can depend on you, you can depend on me, and so forth and so forth. We all work, depend on each other. The, the arm is not bigger, or it's not more uh, valuable, valuable than the other arm, than the leg, than the eye. They all work together. We all depend on each other, right? So let's start off with the word of wisdom. So the word of wisdom, it means the ability to speak a wise word in various situations. 
For example, we can see in Acts 6, verse 1 through 4. Uh, give me one second while I get there. Uh, I don't think I put that there, but in that verse, in, in Acts 6, verses 1 through 4, the apostles had a word of wisdom about a situation where they appointed the first deacons. They, they had a situation where they came and they were wondering if they should spend their time feeding all these widows or actually doing what God has called them to do. And in that meeting, that's when they appointed the first seven deacons. In that meeting, there was a wisdom there that they used to come up with that solution, and it worked. Um, then we have the word of knowledge. The world knowledge is the unique ability to declare knowledge they could only be revealed supernaturally, like we see in Matthew 17, 24 through 27, when Peter uh, was talking to the collector and he was asking to collect the tax. And he said, yes, we're going to pay. And he left. When he got to Jesus, Jesus, without knowing what, what's the conversation, asked Peter, about the collection. She, he knew that's the word of knowledge. Then we have the gift of faith. The gift of faith is the ability to trust God against all circumstances. I have come in that in situations in my life where I didn't know if things were going to work out. Um, when I came to the States, I came here illegally. And when I got married, um, there was a way for me to get uh, legal. And in order for me to do that, I had to go back to Mexico. But at the time, what they told us was that I could go back to Mexico. There was no guarantee if it could be a month, it could be six months and the maximum was 10 years. So Christina and I were married. We had Alina, she was very little, and we really had to come to God and ask for, for faith because we, for us, it didn't make sense <laughs> to do something like that. For us, it didn't make sense to leave and go to the unknown and not knowing if it was gonna be guaranteed, right? If it was gonna be down there for, for 10 years, it could have been. Then that would, have, that would have really impacted our lives and the way we, we did life here. So we asked God for faith, to give us faith to walk when we didn't know the outcome. An example of this is when Peter walked on water in Matthew um, 14, 22. Jesus asked Matthew to come to Peter to come to him. And Peter had to have faith to see the water and in his brain, he doesn't understand, right? How can Jesus be doing this? Because there's no solid ground. That doesn't make any sense. 
If you've ever been in the ocean and try to walk on water, it doesn't work. Now imagine that, being in the middle of the water. Peter had to have some real faith to do that, to look at him and say, yes, I believe you. I believe you. And all of my faith, all everything that is telling me don't do it, everything that makes sense to me, my brain, I'm going to rebuke that and say no. I'm going to see God. I'm going to see Jesus. I'm going to believe you. And I'm going to walk to you. Even when that didn't make sense. That's faith. I know many of you will probably have struggled with that. In times when you had to do things that didn't make sense. To take, take steps, do things that didn't make sense. That's faith. So when you, have, when you go through hard situations and you can't see what to do next, have faith. Just look at God and trust him. Start walking. Even when it doesn't make sense. So the gifts of healing. This is God's healing power. Either giving or receive because of sin. We face physical illness in this world. The gift has given us a, just a taste of heaven when we're free of all sickness. Through the gift of healing, it provides an opportunity for God to be glorified as it gives physical evidence of his goodness, his love, his power, his wisdom, and his presence on this earth, the one they will experience in heaven. I know that some of you struggle with physical health, with illnesses in your body, and that's hard. That's hard when you wake up every morning and the sickness is still there. That's hard when you're in real pain and the medicine is not helping you. When you're at the doctor and he doesn't really have an answer for you, right? That's hard. But God gives us this gift, this gift of healing, just to give us a little taste of what heaven is going to be like when you're healed completely, when your body is restored, when you're free of all pain, a little bit here in heaven, whether you're dealing with physical illness, with mental illness, well, all kinds of illness that you're dealing with, God helps you with that. I remember once again when Christina and I were dating. A lot of times I feel when Christina and I were dating, they changed my, my walk good God. Um, I used to deal with migraines, really bad, really bad migraines. And um, I used to take Excedrin because it was so bad. And that used to help me, but it was pretty high dose. And um, one day I was with Christina, and it was just headaches so bad. They were just, 
I couldn't stand the lights. It had to be dark. You still feel sick to your stomach, nauseous, that kind of migraine, right? And um, I told Christina, and Christina said, let me pray for you. Yeah, sure, whatever. <laughs> what is that going to do? So she prayed. And it wasn't like 30 minutes of prayer, right? There was a prayer that was heartfelt. And she, she, I don't know, got moved, and my headache was gone like that, quick, quick, just like that. I was like, all right. <laughs> Once again, what is she into? <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it other than... Your God is real. This God that you, that you talk to, that you have a relationship with, that you worship to, is really real. He does things today. To me, someone that was doubting him, if it was truly real or not, to me, he built me up. He built her up, her faith. He used us both. So I know he's real. I felt that. Now I want to talk about the gifts of prophecy. The gift of prophecy is telling something that God has spontaneously brought to mind. A prophecy occurred when a revelation from God comes to the prophet. And the prophet uses his words to tell to the person receiving it. When a prophet, and, and by the way, we have a prophet here, Michael. I'm sure you have talked to him before. I'm sure he has given you a word. Um, ben has given prophecies. Um, prophecy is a revelation that comes from God at the moment, right? I, I think I told you the story when we were in Cuba, when I was with Ben in Cuba, and we were having a, a really intense meeting with the, all these pastors. And we were talking about the gifts, talking about this, but they were very guarded because... In Cuba, they have abused it. And when people abuse things, people become very guarded. People, though, though they want to keep their distance, right? Yeah, we believe it, but it's over there. Just keep it over there. So we're talking to a group of pastors, their wives, and everybody's praying. They're, they're praying. People are crying. I see Ben over there sitting on the bench. And he just looked. <laughs> he always gets mad at me for saying this. He just looked so uninterested. It was just like very uninterested. So I'm translating to everyone. And I look at Ben. I said, what are you doing? 
I didn't know at the time that God was giving him a revelation. God was truly speaking to him. And he was the next, the next one to talk. And when he started talking, he talked to a couple that were there. And he told them what they were going through. What God has revealed to them that they were going through. And what they have been struggling with in the closed doors. When the church didn't know what they were going through. God told Ben to tell them, to confirm them, and also to point them on the direction that they were going to go. And they were crying. They were sobbing. <laughs> they couldn't believe it. They couldn't believe that God has heard them in their prayers in closed doors, even when nobody else knew. It was a turning moment at that time because the other pastors seen what happened. And Ben asked them, do you think this is from God? So yes, absolutely. This, is, this speaks to us. And the other pastors seen how that gift was used in the right way. And it changed their hearts. At that time, there was a, a turning point for all of them to see that the gifts, when they're used in the right way, it edifies the church. It builds up your faith. It builds up the church. So then we were all crying at that point, all praying for one another. It's a beautiful thing. But it was God that did that at that time through Ben. He gave him that revelation. The prophecies today is not like the prophecies in the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, like when Moses came down from Mount Sinai with the Ten Commandments in hand, he had what God has told him. He had the Ten Commandments. That prophecies in the Old Testament, they were the word of God. And you believe in them. If you believed in God, you believe in the prophecies, right? Now, after Jesus came, he, we, he changed things, like he usually does. When Jesus came, we no, no longer need a prophet to be our mediator between us and God. Rather, Jesus gave us a way to be in relationship with God. But a prophecy today is still the word of God. But they should be judged, right? They should be prayed about. They should align with scripture. And should never oppose to scripture as the scripture is our ultimate authority. So as you've seen, whenever we get a, a, a prophecy here, a word here, we have an elder who they talk to first to make sure that it does align with scripture before it gets shared. That's how it should be done, right? 
It should be done in a way that is in order. The prophecy, like healing, can be a way that we can feel connection with God in a close and intimate way. There's nothing like when you receive a prophecy about something you have been praying about or an affliction that you have been going through and God speaks directly to your heart through this person. Now we have the discerning of spirits. The discerning of spirits is the ability to difference between what is true and what is false doctrine and between what is holy, between what is the Holy Spirit and what is not. Let's read Acts 16, 16 through 18. And it says, once we were going to the place of prayer, we were met by a female slave who had a spirit by which she predicted the future. She earned a great deal of money for her owners by future telling. She followed Paul and the rest of us shouting, these men are servants of the most high God who are telling you the way to be saved. She kept up this for many days Finally, Paul became so annoyed that he turned around and said, said to the spirit, in the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to come out of her. And at that moment, the spirit left her. Interesting. She had a spirit in her that was not the Holy Spirit. See, Satan is uh, very crafty and can be deceiving at times, even when he, he looks innocent. Even we can, it can look like it, it, it is from God. It may not if it doesn't align with Scripture. Yeah, I, I grew up in a, in a little town in, in Puebla, Mexico, and there in Mexico, witchcraft was a was a pretty normal thing. Like when you go to the doctor, people will go to see witchcraft, right? If, if there was more faith in witchcraft than doctors, and many people will go and see if they can tell them their future if they can go and heal them, if they can go and get revenge to some other people. And many people did it. To me, when I was in Mexico, it was normal, right? As I grew up in my walk with God and learned more, there's no other spirit other than the Holy Spirit that empowers us if we're seeking something else other than the Holy Spirit, then that's not from God. It's probably witchcraft. The Holy Spirit is the only one, is the only thing. Even if they say, oh, but it's white magic, it's okay. <laughs> the black magic is the, bla is the bad one. So we're doing the white magic. 
Nah. It's still bad. It's only the Holy Spirit. That's all we need. That's what God has given us. Right? And that's what happened to this lady. She had something else that wasn't the Holy Spirit. The gift of tongues. This one is, uh, not that all other ones are tricky, but this one, it gets tricky. Because um, some people get a little bit confused about the gift of tongues. So the gift of tongues, it's a personal language of prayer given by God, whereby the believers can communicate with God beyond the limits of knowledge and understandings. Let's read Acts 2, 1 through 6. When the days of the Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind. And it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues as fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in another tongue as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now they were dwelling in Jerusalem, Jerusalem, Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And at this sound, the multitude came together, and they were bewildered because each one, was, each one of them was hearing them in his own language. They were very amazed that these people that were in this room, they were able to speak their own language, their native language, right? A language that, one, it's hard to, to learn a new language. If you ever tried to learn a new language, I have, and it was hard. Very confusing, by the way. The English word is very confusing. So, they were super amazed that they could understand it, that they were hearing them and understanding what they were saying, each one of them in their language, right? How can this be? When did they go to school? When did they get all different kinds of teachers to teach them these different kinds of native language? It was the Holy Spirit. They gave them this language, this ability to speak to God directly. So yes, the gift of tongues is a lift of a gift of language. Is a language, right? When you are talking to, when you're speaking in tongues, you're speaking in a language that God, that you and God understand. But there usually there should be an interpretation as well, right? When it's done in the right way, again. There is an interpretation in the room given, if it is if it is spoken here to the congregation, right? If it's spoken to you privately in your own prayer time, then you can speak to God as you will. You can pray to Him in in tongues. You can do all those things. But when it's it's in a meeting, in a public meeting. And I say, I have the, the gift of tongues, and I come out, and I do that. 
After that, what it should follow is the interpretation of it. Because it, it, it wouldn't make sense, right? It wouldn't make sense for you to hear a song in, I don't know, Russian or Chinese or whatever, other language. And you hear it, it's like, uh, sounds good, but I don't know what it is. Until you get the, the lyrics, you, you translate them, and you hear, you see what is the song is saying, and it makes sense, right? Okay, what the writer was doing, what his message was, it was this. Okay, I get it, I get it now. Same thing with the gift of tongues. When it's done in the right way, you have the gift of tongues, and then after that, you should have the interpretation so you can understand. God was speaking to this person, but he gave a message to everyone, right? Just like the gift of prophecy. God gave a revelation that it came from God. But after that, it should be, yes, we agree that that's from God. Yes, it aligns with scripture. It aligns with the message. We believe it's from God. And if it's no, that's really awkward. And that's why it's important to do it in an order, right? When it comes to the elders, they give the prophecy or the, the word, and it stops there. We say, well, I feel like it is from God, but maybe it's not for the congregation. Maybe it's for a specific person. Why don't we pray some more? Or why don't you do this, instruct them, right? Because it's not fully developed, or maybe it's not specific to the church. Same thing with the gift of tongues. There should be an order. And that's what Paul was saying. Because they, at the time, the church in Corinth, they were abusing the gifts. They were using the gifts, but abusing them to where he had to come and say, well, he had to send the letter and say, yeah, but it needs to be in order. You can't just be doing that. <laughs> it doesn't edify the church. It doesn't build it up. It just creates chaos. You know, you're speaking in tongues, you're speaking in tongues, you're speaking in tongues. It doesn't, it doesn't, it, it doesn't work like that. Let's do it in order. So if, that, if people that speak in tongues makes you nervous, or it shouldn't. Because it's, 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 it's something beautiful. It's a language that God has given you to communicate with him. If anything, you should be like, I really want that. God, give me that. I want that in my heart. I want that in my life. I want to be able to do that. You should want it. Right? And that still happens today. There's still people that speak in tongues. They use that language. So don't be nervous. If you hear that, don't be nervous. It's nothing but a language. It's not just the person making up words so he can look more holy, that he can look more higher. It's not that. It's something beautiful. 
They shouldn't be turned into something bad. And the last one, kind of dipped in a little bit, the gifts of interpretation, right? Like I say, once there is a uh, speaking in tongues, then it should be interpretation after that. And it's just to build up the church, not to create confusion, but to build up the church. So it's very important to understand that all the gifts, and I only listed eight of them, there's more, it's like 21 or so or more that you can go over, um, but at, because of time, I only listed eight, right? But we can, if you have more questions about the gifts, please see one of the elders here, see your small group leaders, just go through it, don't, don't be shy. So it's important to remember that all these gifts are given by the Holy Spirit. And that's it, no other spirit. And he distributes them as he wills. So what should you do if you, you have a gift? What is your responsibility? Yeah, use it. Use it. Don't be afraid. If you have the word, if you have a, the gift of prophecy, the gift of healing, the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, use them. Don't be shy. Step in faith. God help me. God help me, Lord. Holy Spirit. Give me the knowledge, give me the wisdom, give me the faith. To step up in faith because it is a little bit hard when you are not sure if this is from God or not. It is a little bit hard when you're trying to do something different at the beginning. I don't know how many of you have tried to do new things. I know I have. I riding a bicycle, I remember, when I was little. It was hard, I had the training wheels. I was nervous, especially going downhill. I didn't know if those brakes were gonna work. But you do practice, practice, right? You practice and practice and practice. You can't get better if you don't use them. Every now and then, you're just kind of like, eh, I think so. You're going to be more nervous than if you're using more often, right? So, what if you don't know your gift? Because everyone has a gift. If you're a Christian, you have a gift that God has given you. We all do. So, we should ask the Holy Spirit to reveal it to us, to help us. God put things in your heart that we don't eat sometimes even know about. He puts desires in our hearts. He puts things that, I, that later it comes to be, oh yeah, that was from God. 
I know many times I have gotten a word from God and I've because trying not to overthink it, thinking, mm, maybe that's me, maybe I'm hungry, I don't know, maybe I shouldn't say anything. And then later, someone comes up and gives the same exact word. Ah, that was you. He has grace for us. He just wants me to understand that's from you. Be confident. Be confident. Have faith. Step in faith. So if you don't know what your gift is, I will encourage you to practice it in a small setting, in a small group, in a prayer night. You know, I think I have a word. Can you work? Help me discern it. Sure. It's a small environment. Maybe you don't feel as, as, as uh, just that much pressure. Hey, I think I have the gift of healing. Can I pray for you? Sure. Pray and ask God to come and heal this person. Maybe God will show up and heal this person. Maybe not. Only God knows. But we do it. Right? You know, the, all kinds of sports teams, you know what they do through the week? They practice. They only play one night or two nights. They practice, 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 practice. So it takes that. It needs to be a normal thing. The inner church, we're using the spirit, the gifts. It's a normal thing. God says it is. God says that he, got, he has given us this to build up the church. If you don't think that it is, it's like saying, well, I'm only going to believe this half of the Bible. And this half, maybe not. We believe the whole Bible, right? So that's part of it. That's the same God. The same God that sent us a son to die for our sins is the same God that gave us this gift. So we should use them. We should use them in a small, small setting. And help. Other brothers can help you. You know, your small group leader, your pastor, your elders, other brothers, and say, hey, I feel like I have this gift. Could you help me? Could you walk me through it? If you have a, a word of prophecy, we have a prophet. Dan is another prophet. They can help you. You have people around you. God equips us with people around us. They can help us and walk us through it. But the important thing is to use them. If I can have the worship team come up, I'm going to close us up. As I close up this morning, I want us to 
to reflect a little bit, to take that fear, like Big say, love cast all fear. That's a fear that you have of being judged, of being mocked. You have a fear that how the world is gonna look at you because you're practicing the gifts. You have a fear that you will pray for someone and they will get healed. And you might be marked. I encourage you, brothers and sisters, do not fear. This is normal. This is normal. This is part of being a Christian. This came from God. This is part of your walk with Christ. If anything, pray that God will give you the gifts. Pray that God will fill you up. They will speak to you at the right time, at the right moment. And they will empower you to do His will. That through the gifts, lives will be changed. That through the gifts, hearts will be changed. Minds will be changed. That is for His kingdom. As he's using you to bring people to his kingdom, that he will give you tools to help you do that. That he will give you the Holy Spirit to help you at that time to give you words of wisdom, and words of knowledge, the discerning of spirits to know between a good and a bad spirit. As you're out in the world and you can talk about what God has done for you, how he has transformed you, pray that God will be with you in every step of the way to walk in front of you to soften up hearts. Everything, everything we do is for God and for His kingdom. And He's helping us along the way. So if you, this morning, would like us to pray for you up here up front for your gift, for God to reveal your gift to you, please come up. I'll be up here, Big, Chris, Christina will be up here. Come up, we would love to play for you, for, for the Holy Spirit to reveal your gift. Let's pray. Could you guys stand up? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day, Lord. We thank you for 
your son Jesus, Lord. He, he came and died for us, even when we we didn't deserve it, Lord. We ask you this morning, Father, you will help us, that you reveal to us, Father, your gift that you have for us, Father God, that you will give us wisdom and courage to step in faith in every situation, Father God. I pray this morning, Father, that as we leave here, Lord, that you change our minds and our hearts, Lord, that you help us to see one another how you see us, that you give us opportunities, Father, to speak of your goodness towards us, Lord. And we ask that you cast out all fears that we have in our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen.